Good morning. Ah, it's great. It's great to be in Millie's. Uh, absolute privilege to, to share the word with you this morning. My name is Wayne. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Changes Church, uh, based at Tableview um, in the AM and the PM meetings. And uh, I'm with my wife, my beautiful wife, Jen, and we've been married for 12 years. My beautiful boy, Zachary, that's that side. <laughs> and my other beautiful boy, Lee. <laughs> who is with us uh, this morning, and so really a great privilege. How are these testimonies? Wow. Come on, man. This is just absolutely phenomenal when we think of what God is doing. It is not in our striving. It's not what we do, but really who God is in his character. And uh, that is absolutely incredible. So when I hear these testimonies, uh, it stirs faith in my heart. It really stirs faith in my heart because God is incredibly kind. And so I just want to tell you a little bit of story, a history of my wife, how I met my wife. Are you guys, do you guys want to hear that? Oh, I can, I, can see, I can see where it's all happening. And so I met my wife at a, a friend's birthday party, and uh, I was very single at the time. So you can imagine the eyes and the ears are all open. And uh, I was minding my own until a friend came and said, hey, you know, I've got my friend over there. She would love to hear the joke that you have. And I've told them this joke before, and I thought, why not? You know, let me go and tell this beautiful woman this incredible joke. And so I head off to Jen, and uh, I tell her this amazing joke, and all I can say is, the rest is history. We are married, (laughs) and that joke helps. So if you're a single guy here today, come and see me afterwards. I'll tell you what that joke was all about. But as we continued on our journey, I realized that she's the woman for me. I realized that this is all I wanted. She is all I wanted. And so again, you step into that, you know, you have faith to know that you want to marry this beautiful woman. So eventually, I, I muster up the confidence to, to ask Jen to marry me. And so she comes out of the shower and uh, obviously spoke to a mom prior to that. And her mom was there. And uh, I thought, let me go down on my knees. And I'm on my knees. And Jen is turning around. She's crying. And uh, as I'm down on my knees and I lift my head up, there's Jen's mom standing as well, crying. And I'm like, who am I getting engaged to here? I was like, is it you or is it Jen? Someone needs to tell me what I'm doing here. And so again, I asked Jen for, uh, for marriage and eventually we got married. And, and at the wedding itself, there's this phenomenal thing that happens at a wedding. And so there we are, we're making all kinds of promises to each other. And that's what a wedding is all about. First and foremost, when you make a vow... It has got nothing to do with the person you're making the vow to. Do you agree with that? If you've been to a wedding, you always say, I will love you. I will pursue you. I will protect you. And I will stay in love with you no matter the circumstances. Those are the vows you make. Something significant about that is that you are not saying, I know that you love me. And I know that you will protect me. And that's not the vow. The vow is the promise you make and the fact that you want to stay faithful to those promises. And so those are key things in our marriage. But then our marriage has a purpose, which is so important. And that purpose is to honor God. That purpose of our marriage is to represent God on earth to make sure that his name is lifted high. So when people look at our marriage, they see God. And that's what the purpose of our marriage is. But the promises as well is that when God is at the center of it, he makes a promise that he will always keep us together. And so those are the key things when I married this beautiful woman, and, uh, and we set ourselves on a way. But again, you know, you make promises, 
that you would love to keep. But I've learned one thing. In fact, there are two things that the Bible is so clear about. We serve a powerful and faithful God. And that's the, the one picture that it gives. But the other picture is that man is powerless and he is faithless at times. And so those are clear pictures in the Bible. And the Bible really highlights that to us. So I'm going to read from Genesis 18 this morning. And I want to talk about, and we, I think we sang about that, Great is Thy Faithfulness. It talks about Abram and how God made a covenant with Abram, which is absolutely incredible. And I'm going to read from Genesis 18. If you can turn there in your Bibles, I'm going to read from verse 9 to 15. So let me just set this up. In the beginning of Genesis there's the story of the three men visiting Abraham, and he, as he's sitting outside his tent. And uh, he has this amazing conversation. But what is beautiful about that scripture is the way he serves these three men. There's a hurry, an urgency, a need to serve and be great at serving these three men. And then it heads into verse 9, at the end of verse 8, heading into verse 9. And I'll read from there. This is what it says. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him, there in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Uh, behind him. Abram and Sarah were already very old. Say, very old. Right. Are we heading somewhere? Will I now have this uh, so, so sorry, let me just get on. And Sarah was past the age of childbearing. Say past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? So I'm not going to explain what that pleasure is. Uh, you might know what it is already. Then the Lord said to Abram, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child? Now that I'm old, is anything too hard for the Lord? Say, is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did. It's like an argument happening there. You know, like, Why don't we pray? Father, I pray today as we continue with this very important series that we will see you for who you are, faithful. That at the end of this message, there will be peace and joy as we learn more about your faithfulness. I pray, God, you reveal your purposes and promises to each and every person here today. Amen. So let's talk about that word faithful. It's so important. It's part of God's character. It is not something that can change. It is not something that we can willingly remove from God's character. It is who he is. And so faithfulness, God's faithfulness is part of his character. It's part of his nature to be faithful. So when we say that God is just, he is faithfully just. When we say that God is merciful, he is faithfully merciful. And when we say that God is gracious, he is faithfully gracious. So you can't remove that from God. When he says something, it is going to happen because he is faithful even to his word. 
So I thought I'd really just highlight what, it, what the meaning of faithful means, because I think sometimes when we use that word, we cl- may, maybe struggle to understand the meaning of the word faithful. And so I thought, let me go and look it up and, and really just see what it means. It means faithful is used of someone who has a firm and constant devotion to something to which he or she is united by or as if by a promise or pledge. Really cool. Really cool. It brings some kind of understanding when we use that word faithful, that we understand why we're saying it and when we say it. And so we all make promises at some stage, don't we? I mean, you you might have had a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and you're going to live together forever. He loves me, he loves me not, those kind of seeds that you find in life. And throughout life, we make promises. And I remember one of those old ads, I don't know if it was Dion or Bears, it says, a promise we make is a promise we keep. And just later on, when I walk into the store, I see the account section or, or the, uh, the, 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 the client services section, and you see people arguing and pointing fingers at each other. Clearly, they can't keep their promises to people. And so we understand that man is fallible. Whatever we say in terms of promises, there needs to be a faithfulness attached to it. We cannot attach that fully. We can in some point or at some part attach faithfulness to what we say and what we're going to do, but we can't attach it fully. And so this morning, I'm going to title my preach, The Lord Has Not Forgotten. And I know that in this room, there are many of you who've had promises made, many of you had purposes for your life, and you might be thinking, is it really going to happen? And I'm here to tell you today, that the Lord is faithful, God is faithful, and he has not forgotten. Imagine Sarah, imagine Sarah, after decades, God comes and says, oh, now, okay, yeah, you're going to have a child next year. Surely you would laugh, because it's been decades. You are not going to receive that word. Look how old I am, 90 years old, and uh, you are now telling me in my old age that I'm going to bear a child. In this womb, surely not. It is impossible. That's man's response to God's promises and his purposes for their lives, is the fact that we might be thinking that we're way past it. And I'm pretty sure somewhere here in this crowd, you might be thinking, it's all dead. You might be thinking, maybe I should just leave it and try something new. Maybe you're thinking, oh, you know what, if I change strategy, perhaps that's where the Lord wants me. I want to tell you this morning, the Lord has not forgotten. Two points. This morning, and I might have highlighted that earlier uh, uh, when I was speaking in the intro. Number one, I only have two points. I know Gabe normally has three points. So, so I'm sorry to disappoint you guys. It's two points this morning. Okay, number one, God is faithful to his plan and purpose. He is faithful to his purposes. And that's important to understand as we read how God makes this promise to Sarah. It wasn't an empty promise but it was attached to a purpose that God had for the people of Israel. So the promise that God is making is not empty. There's a history to that promise that God has made to Sarah in Genesis 18. That history and that promise comes from Genesis 12, where God makes a covenant with Abraham. This is an unconditional covenant. It's known as the unconditional covenant. What does that mean? It is not up to you. It has got nothing to do with what you've done. It's absolutely all that God is going to do. 
And this is what he says in Genesis 12 too. Now the Lord had said to Abram, I will make you a great nation. There's that purpose coming into play. And I will bless you and make your name great. What a promise. What a promise. But there's a purpose. God wants to make a great nation out of Abraham. So when God blesses Sarah, when God comes and makes that promise to Sarah, it's directly aligned to the purposes and plans he has for Israel. You get that? Is that all right? You guys with me? It's directly aligned to Genesis 12 where God says, I will make you a great nation. So you can understand that when God says that, Sarah now, with the promises and purposes and plans that God has for them walking that journey, you might be thinking, is it ever going to happen? Is it ever going to happen? And in Genesis 18, God almost revives that promise by saying, next year this time, you will be with son. You will be with child. And I really want to say, as I read that scripture in Genesis 21, uh, Genesis 18, sorry, I'm already giving the next step away, <laughs> that God has not forgotten. The Lord has not forgotten. He's made a promise. He's, he's set a purpose in place. And yet, God is still reminding them of the promises he has for them. Isaiah 55, 11 says this, So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Whatever God has spoken over you will come to fruition. It will come to fruition. Whatever God has spoken over you, those promises will be fulfilled. It is God who speaks. It is God who made the promise. Not you, sir, man. Not you. God has made that promise. Second Timothy 2.13 says this, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. If God made a promise, he can't go back on it. Wow. What promises and purposes have God spoken over your life? What has he spoken over your life? Have this confidence. Have this confidence in you that whatever he's spoken will come to fruition. I want to tell you this morning, the Lord has not forgotten. He has not forgotten. Number two, first, he is faithful to his purposes. Number two, he is faithful to his promises. In Genesis 21 verse 1, it says this, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Incredible scripture. Incredible one-line verse in the Bible that confirms God's promise. That confirms that he is the one who is a promise keeper. It had nothing to do with Sarah's unfaithfulness. It had absolutely nothing to do with with Sarah allowing Abram to sleep with a bondservant. Think about that. Through all these promises that God has made, there are this faithless couple that's kind of switching. You know, like they want to hand themselves off to, to other men and women. And so throughout that, you would think, surely, surely, God wouldn't give us a child now that we have done this. 
It explains why Sarah would laugh when God says, you're going to have a son. Because now she's thinking, goodness me, look what I've done. Look at the faithlessness that has happened in our lives. Laughing at God is one of them. It's almost mockery. So now you get to a point of thinking, phew, am I ever going to get what God has promised? Because I have been faithless. I have been mocking. And isn't that true to us? Sometimes we think, maybe it's me. Maybe I thought that I could do this, but I don't think God loves me that much. I don't think God is going to let these promises come through. We have a tendency to think of ourselves very highly, unfortunately. And for that reason, we place God very low. But I want to tell you that God is above your circumstances. God is faithful, and the Lord has not forgotten. He has not forgotten. He's the one who makes the promise. Hebrews 11 Verse 11 says this, And by faith even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. (laughs) I'm reading, I'm going to read that again. And by faith even Sarah, that even Sarah, can you understand why that word is there? Even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, there is that repeat of your circumstance, your condition, it's there, was enabled, beautiful word, to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. Incredible scripture if you understand the context by which this verse was written, aligning itself to Genesis 21. So God's faithful to his promises, God's faithfulness to his promises has got nothing to do with your past. I really, really want to encourage you this morning. It's got nothing to do with your past. It's got absolutely nothing to do with your position. And most of all, it's got nothing to do with your performance. I really want to highlight that to you this morning. I don't know where you are this morning. But God is faithful. And the Lord has not forgotten. Numbers 23, 19 to 20 says this. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Numbers 23, 19 to 20. Go and read it. It's absolutely amazing. I want to tell you this morning, the Lord has not forgotten. Whatever is planted in your heart, it's going to come to fruition. He's a promise-keeping God. And uh, I remember years ago in 2009, 2010, and Jen and I, we, uh, even then, back then, we, we wanted to adopt, but we thought it wasn't the right time to adopt, and we left it. And uh, at that same time, we found out that we can't have children. Jen's tubes are blocked. One, ladies, you, you, you just help me out here. Um, the tubes are blocked 100%. 100%. So... The, the gynecologist said, well, that's like just, it's literally, your womb is alive, but your tubes are dead. Basically, that's what they say. And so it's impossible for us to have a child. And that was sad in itself. As we heard that news the first time, we went in, the doctor even said, why are these people here? They can't fall pregnant. Those were her words. 
They are wasting my time. I'm coming in on a Saturday and I'm really dealing with people who can't fall pregnant. Just to find out in 2015 that we did fall pregnant with those block tubes 100%. Unfortunately, it was an ectopic pregnancy. We lost baby. The second time around, in the same year, we fell pregnant again. And this time, the doctor was on leave, and she sent us to another doctor. And uh, we were excited. We were all joyful. We went on holiday. We thought, shucks, I looked at my wife's face. She was glowing. It's absolutely beautiful. And, uh, and then there were complications. And we went back to the gynecologist, and uh, he gave us the bad news that baby was stuck in the tube. And, uh, and that devastated us. Um, in fact, my wife looked at me with tears in her eyes and says, Love, I can't do this anymore. I really can't do this anymore. And I went home and I, I fell on my knees and I started praying. I said, Lord, you are a miracle-working God. And I started praying fervently. I cried out. I said, Lord, surely you know that we'll have a great testimony for you. A great testimony. This is the time started crying out. I was shouting and screaming. And my dog was barking outside. I was like, he's with me. And uh, so what's happening here? Hey, Max, quiet. Quiet. I'm talking to the Lord. He says, yes, I know. Sorry, okay, that was just my vivid imagination. And uh, I'm just, just praying out to God. And I thought I would get this incredible answer of saying, don't worry. I've got it. But nothing. Absolutely nothing. And it devastated us. It devastated us. It was painful. Painful for months. Painful for years, perhaps. And surely I wrote on my journal, I said, Lord, you are still the same God that I know before pregnancy. You will remain the same God even after this. And I know that. So I left it there. And in 2017, um, I had this desire in my heart planted there by God, that we want to adopt. And so can I just really open that up? Our adoption wasn't because we needed a child. Because we had it in our hearts in, 20, in 2009, 2010, our hearts were really just to save a child, not to adopt one. So our hearts went out and we said, who is there that we want to adopt? And uh, I left, that was in, in, in May 2017 or March 2017. Sorry, I might have the dates wrong. But in October 2017, and I didn't tell my wife, I kept it quiet because I didn't want to influence her. And so I kept quiet. And in, in October 2017, Jen came to me and said, love, I think God wants us to adopt. And then I knew it was right. I knew it. And so in, in December that same year, we went on the process of filling out adoption papers and becoming adoptive parents. And... Uh, it was a long process, and even in that time, that period, you know, all these question marks starts raising, am I good enough to be a father? Is this really what God wants for me? Really, Lord, we've lost two babies. Is this going to work? So you start getting into a negative mode of what God wants to do, but you start doubting because you realize, is this really going to happen because of my past? Because of our past. And in August, nine months later, we got approved to adopt. And that same month, we were introduced to our little boy, Zachary. And so we entered into this place 
where they ask you all kinds of questions. They give you the history of Zachary. They give you the history of the parents. And you're standing there. And, and as she's telling, about, telling us about Zachary and the history, and we're crying. We can't even, it's like we cry. We can't focus. We, 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 we're sobbing, literally sobbing. And the lady says, okay, can, can I just ask, do you accept this child? Because you're not allowed to see the child. You're allowed to accept the child. So it's nothing to do with looks or anything like that, but the fact that you really just want to help and adopt this child. So it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful process that they put you through. But by the time they asked this question, we were like, yes, yes, bring him. Come on, bring him. And, uh, and they introduced us to Zachary. And as we entered into that home, we see a little bushy head coming around the corner just looking at us, very afraid, and started running and gen chasing him and saying, come here. It's like, uh, you know, Zachary, as you guys might know, is a very active character. And, um, and later on, we started, we were thinking perhaps we change his name because that's what we do. We, you want to sort of bring him into a new identity, so we think. And so we found out, we did a little bit of research and tried to find out what Zachary's name meant. And it meant God has remembered. God has remembered. I want to tell you today, the Lord has not forgotten. The Lord has not forgotten. A.W. Tozer says this, Upon God's faithfulness rests our whole hope of future blessedness. Only as he is faithful will his covenant stand and his promises honored. Only as we have complete assurance that he is faithful, may we live in peace and look forward with assurance to the life to come. Beautiful. Joshua 23, at the end of his tenure in leading the people into the promised land, he says this in 23, 14, he says this, Now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. <laughs> not one has failed. 